Once again, we welcome you to an archival audio extravaganza. A paradoxical podcast of preposterous proportions. Ah. Ladies and gentlemen, with vigorous Victorian values and a liberal lot of laudanum, It's episode eight of Round the Archives. Oh, me bleeding thumb. Oh, thank you very much. I'm off down the pub. Well, now we take you back to the good old days in a programme which is not the one shown in Radio Times. Hello and welcome to episode 8. Yes, episode yeah. 8. Hello. Of Around the Archives. I'm Andrew. I'm Lisa. I think that's all there is in the room, isn't it? Yeah. Apart from some cats. Apart from my cat. Um, Just a couple of very quick points from yeah. last, last issue. time. Um, you said, I think, that Bernard's hat was a wimple. Yes, when he's being when he's Guinevere. Being Guinevere. He does wear a wimple. Later on when... She yeah. goes into the nunnery. I was going to say monastery. Yeah, no one. Monastery. <laughs> she goes into the nunnery. Yes. Um, Bernard does wear a wimple, which yes. is the nun sort of headdress thing. But yeah. what we what we were talking about was, I think Desmond refers to it as a steeple hat. A steeple hat. And it's more yes. correctly known as a henin mm-hmm. from the Dutch word hennik, meaning cock, presumably because Bernard looked a cock wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? Um, we had. Uh, a new country listened to us, didn't we? We did. Hello, we, Peru. Hello, Peru. Lima, in fact. Yes. Somebody in Lima's yes. li- Hello, listened Hello, Aunt Lucy. To us. So if it's, yeah, Paddington's great. Not I keep wanting to say great, Aunt, great Lucy. Aunt Lucy. She's just Aunt, Aunt Lucy. Lucy. Yes, that would be nice. Yes. Um, Galton and Simpson, um, some recommendations were Cloche Merle and the Bargee mm-hmm. for stuff that's um, perhaps a bit more yeah. serious. Yes. Um, so uh, that was a suggestion from... Somebody calling himself Iggins, I yes. think. The en- the enigmatic Iggins. The enigmatic whoever, Iggins. Whoever that is. I have no I have idea. No idea. No. Uh, but thank you. Thank you, Mr. Iggins, uh, mm. for that suggestion. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, we, we, we're here to talk about the DVDs that are, you know, chiefly on our shelves. Yes. Uh, apart, apart from the from, ones that are on the floor. Yeah, because we haven't got that much shelf room these days no. it's floor most, mostly piled up but mm. we have been watching a bit of archive stuff on bbc4 we have recently thankfully yes. and that on. is the good old days yes and it's one of those shows that you know i had as a kid i would have not been terribly interested no. in the good old days no. 
but now it's I'm finding it really, yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Um, so it's a real snapshot of the time. Yes, it's um, well, I guess as usual, if we're being listened to in Peru and mm-hmm. Belarus and yeah. things like that, we shouldn't assume that just because we say the name of something, people know what it is. Yeah. So the good old days is a BBC show. Um, ran from 1953 to yes. 1983, yeah. and it's basically, um, well, music hall, isn't it? It is. Musical acts. So yes. Victorian yes. music hall. Yeah. Um, performed at the Leeds City Varieties, Varieties Theatre. Yes. Um, and you're doing Victorian Edwardian songs. Yeah. Humour, yeah. sketches, yeah. but yeah. it's all... And it's got some some sort of... Yeah. But it's not. It's, it's not. Acts. It's not old footage. No, no. It's, it's, it's performers of the performers day. Performers of of the fifties, sixties, and seventies. So if we were doing it now, 80s. you might have somebody like um, a Cheerum, for instance. Okay. Doing it because right. he's a singer. Okay. I, I don't know about modern day things. So, but that's just that's just an example of what who might be doing it now. But yeah, there's something like 245 episodes of the good old days. Yep. According to this note, 108 mm-hmm. survive complete. Yeah, there's not much from the 50s. No, there is one we saw from the 50s that the, the BBC yes, Four BBC, showed over Christmas. Yeah, BBC Four showed the one from December 1959, and that's quite a sort of good example because I always mm-hmm. say the good old days is a bit. The quality of the acts varies tremendously a lot. Yeah. You do have the good. You do have the bad, and, you just and then the, you do have the Orville as well. Yeah, the Orville, <laughs> the bloody Orville. The bloody Orville. <laughs> I like Orville. I know you like Orville, mm. but I don't like Orville. Yeah. But then I like Lord Charles. Yeah. And you don't like Lord Charles, no, I don't do like you? Lord so, Charles. He's creepy. So we're a bit sort of Jack Spratt and his wife yeah. over that, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I don't mind. I don't mind Lord Charles. He's he's fine because mm. um, Ray Allen comes on dressed on as. John Pertwee, virtually yeah. in in the yeah. uh, in the sketch I saw him do, he's like Pertwee's cos- costume from the Three Doctors. That sort of yeah. what colour would you call that? I can't remember now. That sort of salmon, sort of brick colour, isn't sort of, it? Sort of well, orangey red, browny thing it's red. with a well, huge, so red. huge bow tie, just yeah. like John Pertwee's got on. Yeah. Well, that was obviously the fashion. But, yeah, design. the 1959 one that was shown was mm. really, really good picture quality. It I was. thought it seemed yeah. to be, yeah. as far as we can work out, and we did sort of ask. Mm. It seems to be a 35 mil copy mm. of an original transmission. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looks immaculate. It does look very good. Yeah. And it's the the real highlight of it is Morecambe and Wise. Yeah, it's a very early surviving yeah. appearance of Morecambe, and they're mm. really good. They are. Um, yeah, they're not doing so much of the stuff they do later on with the paper bag. No. As funny as that all it is, you know. <laughs> I love the paper bag. Yeah, I know. I can do that. I know you can. But yeah, it's, they're doing different stuff at this point. Yes. They haven't quite developed it as, as an act as quite so much. But the range of people you get on the good old days yeah, over the amazing. years. You get quite a few people coming coming back and being yeah. invited. Yeah. I mean, yes, you do get some really strange... Some people who acts. shouldn't be invited. There's a bloke that produces flowers oh, and God fills yeah. the they stage up. He takes five minutes and all that happens is flowers keep appearing yeah. out of a box. Yeah. Um, but the audience seemed to lap it yeah, up. Yeah, they were, they were highly amused. There's the Chinese bloke with his spinning top thing on the on the, um, on the the sort of skipping rope. Oh, right, He's yeah. got a rope and he's got... Yeah. Was it called a Diablo? Something I think. like that, yeah. Um, yeah. And noticeably, both of these people also pop up on 
three, two, one, yeah. doing exactly the yeah, same act. That's, that's just ITV's version of this yeah. in some ways, isn't yeah. it? especially later on in its run. I mean, talking about ITV's sort of versions mm. of it, I've sort of dug around for some bits and pieces, and I found some um, episodes of The Muppet Show All right. where they're doing um, old-time music hall as well. Okay. You've got Miss Piggy that's singing... Um, the boy I love is up in the gallery, and right. um, that shot really like it's an yeah, episode of the good. good old days. Yeah, yeah, because um, it's actually a full full length shot of Miss Piggy, which must yeah. have been very hard to do. But uh, we we put up a picture on our Facebook that we, we were going to do the yeah. good old days, yeah. and it exploded with replies. We did. It did. I, I was yes. I was yes. really amazed yeah. and pleased how many people yeah. um, had something to say about the good old days. Mm-hmm. So let's just quickly see see what 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 came up um uh steve roberts says my mum can be seen in the audience of one show in a hat um because barney colohan who was the producer was an old family friend of, right. of steve's steve's family mm-hmm. um he said barney was keenly interested in the amateur operatic scene um northwest of leeds where i grew up um a lot of members of audience members of the good old days were drawn from various amateur operatic societies because mm. now we should say about the audience because the audience yes. come in full costume don't they, do. they well i don't know whether sometimes when they get there there's a bit of help from the costume department yeah well there, well, there was so. a, apparently an information sheet sent out to the ticket holders giving advice on how to make their own costumes mm. but i don't think everybody no could have the time no. or effort so no. obviously the bbc costume department decks yeah, them, out, decks them in, out with some Hats, hats and, hats and sticky old moustaches. Dreadful moustaches yeah, and whiskers and sideburns. We'll talk yeah. about moustaches in a minute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the audience are, are almost as interesting as some of the acts on occasions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Peter Crocker says the warm-up man for the good old days was Gerald, brackets, Jerry Raper, an old friend of Colahan's from the war days mm. and my music and French teacher in junior school. Okay, it's interesting. <laughs> Quote, a dead-eye shot with a wooden blackboard duster and not averse to dragging errant boys to the front of the class by the ears. Oh, that's, there was, those were the days. Uh, not having thought about him for years, sometime in the 80s or 90s, I dreamt about him and the next day saw his obituary in the newspaper. Spooky. Mm. Uh, 100% a Bronson, a fearsome teacher, but really cared, old school in every way, always wore a check tweed dra- jacket and sported a well-groomed moustache like Cesar Romero. Okay. And there's a picture of him from 1973, which yeah. doesn't work on audio. No. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, we've also got some bits and pieces. There's an old guy who lights the candle at the start of the show yeah. and sits on a chair behind Leonard Sachs. Yes. Um, we'll talk about Leonard Sachs in, in a minute a second, also. Yeah. Uh, this guy was a BBC carpenter who built the side steps and chairman's box for the show back in the day. These mm. weren't permanently part of the City Varieties uh, stage, so mm. they had to sort of tack it on. Uh, when he retired, this bloke was hired to make sure the steps and box were fitted correctly for each recording as they were removed and stored away each time. Yeah. His candle lighting was so he could get paid for the job as an uncredited walk-on without his other task officially going on the books all right okay. uh, that's from the enigmatic iggins <laughs> all that information so yeah. thank you for that john feetenby says he saw um what was it um rocky, rocky horror, horror show being done yeah. at the theater okay um we should say about the theater uh lead city variety theater was a music hall which was built as sort of an adjunct to the white swan inn 
the, the Swanian dates from 1748 the theatre itself is 1865 right. if you go on Google Maps which I've got here it's in Swan Street there's the pub the White Swan yeah uh, just walk up the it's a little side street next to the Vodafone shop right <laughs> you, okay. it, there, there's a bagel shop yeah just opposite and there is the actual entrance apparently Sleeping Beauty was on when this Google picture was taken okay. if you zoom in there's a yeah. blue plaque Mm-hmm. City Varieties Music Hall, Harry Lauder, Houdini, Charlie Chaplin performed here. And Mary Lloyd, you said. Well. Yeah, and a uh, famous venue of the good old days for first broadcast in 1953. So John Feetby, um said he came from Leeds mm. and sort of knew it quite yeah. well. But I just think that's nice that you can actually see. Because I never imagined it looked like that. It's a sort of white yeah. building. Yeah. And I said, it's just up some si- some little side street. Side street it's not yeah. even on the main yeah. no sort of thoroughfare so mm. if you imagine all these big stars having to go down yeah. this sort of it's little, a bit grotty really it's slightly it? grotty it's not you it know, probably was grottier in and, the 70s and, and even yes i'm trying to imagine what it was like then when the bagel mm. shop wasn't opposite it but yeah. there's a load of bins there you can see yeah. um but yeah in terms of people that you get mm. Um, the 1972 edition we saw eartha kit turns up yes that's just extraordinary and eartha kit you know she was a big star yeah and i thought well what she ain't doing ending up in leeds in 1972 because mm-hmm. she comes down and does this song first i mean eartha kit in full flow as a bloke yes. is quite fright when if you're a bloke it's quite frightening to yeah. have her doing that yeah in your face in, in your face so yeah. first of all she does one with leonard Sachs. yes leonard Sachs is the host of the show yes, he's, he's the chairman he's the chairman he comes on and introduces all the acts yes. he's got his gavel that yes. he bangs and he does these wonderful long long-winded, long-winded introductions, introductions with lots of sort of over and this of course words. is the inspiration for henry gordon jago yes. in doctor who the town of the wing triang yes. most notably in episode four mm-hmm. when the doctor goes to the, to to the, the theater yeah um but yeah then eartha kit comes down and does this song directly mm-hmm. to this bloke dressed as a soldier yes and he's got a rubbish stick on moustache to start with yes he has and as she she gives the full yeah performance right at him he's starting to sweat yeah so the moustache starts because he's scared of her he's clearly scared scared. and the moustache starts to come away yes and he starts to grin and and then then she's clearly grinning um and they just about get through the performance you you can see the almost the relief on her face that wow we met we made it to the end of the song Mm -hmm. um but i said to you well what's eartha kit doing in the middle of leeds in 1972 um and then we looked her up and she had made a number of comments about the Vietnam War, uh, which didn't really go down too well. No. Um, let's have a, just have a look. Yeah, in 1968, um, she made anti-war statements during a luncheon at the White House. Later. Which didn't do her career in America Much a lot good. of good. I mean, no. Yes, I mean, we're talking 1968 and I think... Perhaps black women weren't supposed to have opinions at that point, and perhaps, certainly not even to voice them. Yeah, to, perhaps women weren't supposed to have opinions at that point. Yeah, to to the, to, you know, to the president's wife. Mm-hmm. Um, so that didn't do her career a lot of good no. in America. So mm-hmm. she came over to Europe and Asia, which is how she ends up yeah. singing to the man with the rubbish moustache. Mm-hmm. I just think that's interesting the way sort of people's sort of yeah. careers and decisions mm-hmm. sort of lead them on. Yeah. various paths but yeah i mean i i 
I enjoy the good bits of the good old days. Yes. Some of some of it you do grit your teeth at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, there, there is a bit of filler material. Yes, there's a lot of acrobats and yeah. rubbish ventriloquists and magicians. But, th- but and then, then on will come, you know, Les Dawson, yeah, or, Ken or Larry Dodd. Grayson, or Ken Dodd, or John Inman, or John Inman. Yeah. I mean, Sheila Stiefel makes loads of good appearances. She does, and she's very good every time. Yeah. They just sort of go, oh, "God, it's Sheila Stiefel again." But she's she does do do great stuff. Yeah. It's just that she's on there a lot. Yeah. Uh, Richard Hearn does turn up yes, as Pastry. Mr. Pastry doing the Lancers. Mm-hmm. Which uh, is extraordinary. You should see that if you've never seen it. Yes. You get Billy Dainty. Billy Dainty, yeah. Billy Dainty later in, in, also does a Richard Hearn tribute. He act, does, yeah. On yeah. various people. I'm not yeah. sure he does it on the good old no, I don't days. Think but he, good, I think he does it on the London Palladium. Yeah. But you've Forms. done you've done musical, haven't you? I have you? done one musical performance. Well, several musical performances. Well, yes. what, what did that involve then? Um, well, it involved being in the chorus. Yeah. And singing songs. What did you sing? Um, well, I can't sing terribly well, so that's why I was in the chorus. Right. <laughs> um, I think we sang, I'm trying to remember if that was the one where we sang 42nd Street, which was extraordinarily hard to do because um, being a Doctor Who fan, I, I can't dance. <laughs> don't and have the so dancing gene. I don't gene. have the dancing gene. And I, I trying to, to, it was just a simple step out, but trying to get that in time with everybody else was quite difficult. <laughs> It didn't help as well that if it was this particular occasion, next to where we were rehearsing, there was a, believe it or not, a heavy metal Morris men troupe. That's very hard to say. Yes. So every so often they would shout and, and I don't know if they were jumping or just walking around, but it was all wooden floors and yeah. it sort of made everything right. vibrate. But yeah, so that, that's one memory. Um, I think we sang um, Consider Yourself as well, but that might be something else. And I also did a little skit with a little mm. sketch with one of the other members of the amateur dramatic script I was in and it was based on a monologue called Oxo the Wrestler right. <laughs> and uh, I had to be his assistant and I wore a leotard who are you, Bovril? <laughs> and I had Oxo sewed across my bottom in, in tape and I had to come on and get carried away and prance about and then get sent off by the wrestler and, okay. and, and the audience sort of awed a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your brush that's with musical. Brush with musical, yeah. Okay, Edward Woodward, yeah, fantastic Woodward. singing voice. He's got a really good singing voice. Yes. He, he did several records. Yes, in the seventies. Right. Yes. So. Um, trying to think, who else have we got on here? Or oh, Beryl Reed, Roy Castle. Oh, I never, I've never seen Beryl Reed. Rod Hull. I've seen Roy Castle. Bruce Forsyth, Arthur Askey singing about oh, bees. bees and. Various no, no, he doesn't always sing about bees. He was singing about his grandfather's, what? about his grandfather the other week. <laughs> okay. I can't what it was oh, the now. ones with the wooden leg. A wooden leg. Like, going the whole family's got over a wooden yeah. leg going up the aisle. Bumpity bump, bumpity bump. <laughs> yes, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd totally forgotten about that. But um, oh yeah, Hinge and Bracket uh, Hinge make and Bracket. three appearances. Yes. I think we have got a list yeah. uh, supplied by. Uh, yeah, cer- a, a certain person, yes, uh, Mr. Iggins, Mr. Iggins. Um, for everybody's appearances, exhaustive list. Yes, so if you mm. really want to, we could go into real in. Yeah. I was going to say intimate detail. or intricate detail, intricate, which is both. Uh, about about that, mm. but uh, yes, it's um, quite interesting to see all these people. Yeah. And again, it's it's now one of these things. It has now become a. a important sort of tv history yes. hasn't it because so many of these acts are now no longer with no, us 
Um, yeah. and it's a real sort of throwback to. I mean, it started in the fifties when yes. variety when was. When variety was still around. Was, I mean, there is yeah. variety. You know, yeah. it's still because I mean. But it, you don't get the wide range of acts that. Yeah, you used I mean to the Leeds City Variety um, Theatre does actually present a good old days. Um, event every now and then all right so that there was, is, there was still a going. musical performance at, at our local mm. theater the lighthouse theater in paul yeah. which, but it was on wednesday yeah which yeah. was a, but i think it was probably aimed at the um older yeah, right, generation okay. but yeah as, I say, as, a, as a kid wouldn't have been interested no. in it now find no. it interesting for the yeah. ex yeah and yeah. even the support people are really interesting because yeah. Um, as um, one of the sort of regulars is Dudley Dudley Stevens, who yes. we should briefly mention. Yeah, he's in he's in the um, local theatre group, isn't yes. he? Yes. Well, he he later Probably goes on group. to produce the pantomimes at Swansea Grand Theatre in the mid eighties. Because mm-hmm. yes, here we are. Um, the Swansea Grand Theatre website has got an archive section, and if you look at Babes in the Wood, nineteen eighty three, nineteen eighty four, Windsor yeah. Davies, Melvin Hayes. Cinderella, eighty four, eighty five. Paul Henry, yeah. um, Bernie Clifton in Aladdin. These are all produced by by Dudley Stevens. Mm-hmm. And you know, on the good old days, he's just jigging about singing yeah. and with a moustache on. Yeah. Oh, and um, in one episode, and I still haven't quite, can't quite remember what it was, but um, the actor that plays Mr. Davenport, oh yes, Rent a Ghost, is there singing. Yes, that's right, and that that's quite weird because yes. of, of, of course. In Rent a Ghost, he's a Victorian Victorian ghost, Ghost, and in the good old days, he's a Victorian. He's a Victorian, not a ghost, ghost. but he—that's Michael Derbyshire, isn't it? Yes, Michael Derbyshire. I couldn't think of his Um, name. But he just looks the same because he's got the big hair. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's it's, it's quite quite odd to see him. Yes. uh, In that sort of environment, but Mm -hmm. uh, on this one episode, I think it's a Christmas episode where they have a problem with the camera. Oh yeah, the camera. Because the, yeah. yeah, the, 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 again, the, it's a hard thing to shoot sometimes because yeah. you've got to have really inventive camera yes. angles sometimes. Yeah. They quite like shooting in the mirror, don't they? they? Do, to yeah. to yeah. get the reflection of the stage. But this camera's trying wrong. to track into the stage, yeah. and I said to you, "Blimey, that picture's wobbling about, yeah. isn't it?" And it's, it almost looked as though one of the wheels of yeah. the casters had got stuck and or had in, fallen off. In or something. the end, they just jam it up against. I a think they column abandoned trying to move it, and, and it's just in one position. Yeah. So, so you, you they have to rely on the other cameras to get other shots. Yeah. Well, the other cameras were probably only two cameras. But quite often, you know, the good old days is on when we come home from shopping. Yes. So we're in and out with the shopping, so yeah. we don't tend to get to see all of it in no. one chunk. No. Um, but. When we sort of watch it back, there's always a song that sticks in my head for a few yes. days. Yeah. Um, so there we go. But yes, yeah, so good old days. In- yeah. Interesting range of people. Yeah. Um, you won't necessarily enjoy all of it. No. But the good stuff is is, 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 is worth it. And the well other stuff is lot. interesting. Yes. I mean, Mostly. <laughs> some of it you sit there and think, blimey, we were, we were quite easily pleased. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but then as I said, some, then Ken Dodd will come on and completely, you yeah. know, dominate the proceedings yeah, and yeah they think, usually give ken dodd quite a, yeah. about the last 10 15 minutes yeah, of the big program. long tickling stick and stuff. yes because he does go on but there we go so yeah. um that's our that's our first thing yes. we'll now pass over to paul for his mm-hmm. last few questions and then okay. we'll come back with something else something else see yes. you soon then okay bye bye
So, my penultimate question is, what shows or scenes scared you as a child? Well, I kind of answered that earlier, so that would be like The Incredible Hulk, um, Scaroth taking his mask off in Doctor Who, Daleks. I mean, I tell you what, though, uh, that, that scene in Destiny of the Daleks where they're, uh, they've broken into the base and it's all that shiny walls and it's really quiet and you know the Daleks are somewhere and they're walking around. That, that's st- I'm still nervous when I watch that now because it's so, it's so tense. It's such a tense moment. Um, <clears throat> and, um, yeah, it, I, I can imagine that being... I mean, I don't know whether that sort of disturbs me more now or has me on the edge of my seat now more than it did as a child or whether... Yeah, um, it's certainly a very tense, a very tense moment. I... I a big fan of Destiny of the Daleks. Um, the Mavellans are just super cool. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and the Triffids. So that's another scare. So I've sort of answered this question. So I won't. I won't. Um, I won't linger any longer on that one. Uh, so here's my last question. Oh, it's quite a long one. Okay. If you were introducing someone to 20th century Doctor Who, which story would you show them and why? Um, I'd probably show them... Well, I'll go for my two favourite stories. Um, uh, Seeds of Doom and Green Death. Uh, because they both, um, they both, I I think, I think the modern audience is, you know, there's so much Star Wars, Star Trek, etc. stuff set on planets and spaceships. It's, it's almost, I feel that we, we need to sort of remind, uh, a younger audience that science fiction doesn't have to involve spaceships and, and planets and it can involve things coming to earth and uh i think that's forgotten i think i think spaceships and planets and stuff is is sometimes what puts a lot of people off sci-fi i think i don't know you know it's just stupid costumes and blah 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 and you know some of that i like but i think um yeah you know we don't get things like quater mass or um, you know, sapphire and steel and things like that, all stuff that was science fiction but set on Earth. And um, Doctor Who, it, you know, most of my favourite stories involve uh, the Doctor on Earth. And Seeds of Doom, um, you know, some of these stories, because they were not parodying, but doing their own versions of you know if someone if 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 somebody has seen the thing or they've seen the thing from another world they're going to recognize aspects of seeds of doom um with and so it i don't i don't think um you know you have to understand that you know well there are certain session, there's there's certain special effects in the seeds of doom that i still love which i i think is is are even better than big budget 
special effects the 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 seed pod opening and the you know all, all that i think i just think that looks still looks amazing but i bet it would look really rubbish to somebody who's aware of you know like cgi i can't stand cgi um most of the time it's fine for planets not fine when it's a monster um uh, fine for spaceships but not when it's supposed to be something that uh, is meant to actually genuinely scare you but, uh, um green death again it's you know sort of it's just i don't know the whole 70s era the whole on location creatures no or you know maggots things that make you kind of things that make you go Ugh! and um i i just i just think that it's got comedy it's got uh yeah i think there's something for everything in, in the in, in the green death um I, I, yeah, I think those those are the those are the two. It depends if you wanted to show somebody of a generation story. I'm, um, you know, or whether you want to show somebody an obscure story. Uh, yeah, it's hard to know what would impress um, uh, an audience who haven't seen twentieth um, century Doctor Who, but. Uh, yeah, Seeds of Doom or Green Death for me. Um, and if I had to choose between them, probably Seeds of Doom. Even though the yeah the 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 crinoid the crinoid that's um, shuffling around the garden is a bit ridiculous. But you know this is the thing ridiculous ridiculous is so much more. I, I love I, I'll take ridiculous any day over authentic CGI which doesn't look authentic you know um, for instance like the werewolf in New Who it it looks like a cartoon character it's very good it looks very nice it doesn't cause, it doesn't scare me it's like it's not there really it's it just has no impact on me whatsoever um, the shuffling crinoid um, I think it works. I think it works better. It is kind of borders on funny, almost. But uh, uh, who knows? Who am I to say? This is just Chayette's opinion. Well, I think that's my eight questions done. I'm sorry I've rambled for far too long. Um, I hope some of what I said makes sense and um, and you're able to use it. So. Well, um, that's all for me, Shayeti, and uh, do please listen to my podcast, the Shy Life Podcast. Miss Lisa and Master Trowbridge appeared in one of my early episodes, so I think episode 14 or something like that, so uh, which uh, and I, I, I like to think that it was appearing on my show that inspired this show to start the one you're listening to now so uh, I'm, i hope i'm an inspiration <laughs> also i did the end theme titles theme music yeah <laughs> yeah that was me me that was me yeah what do you mean you don't like the end theme tune how dare you right i'm going
<laughs> Bye. Two programmes for your entertainment this Sunday night on BBC One. At 7.15, Loophole, starring Albert Finney as a top safebreaker, and Susanna York and Martin Sheen as the young couple with money problems who plan to rob a bank. Great. Then it's honky-tonk time in the good old days. Join a whole host of stars for a twinkling time at the City Varieties Theatre, Leeds. That's Sunday Action and Variety, here on BBC One. Now on BBC One, we join Desmond Lynham for Sunday Grandstand. No, no, we are not watching Bloody Sunday Grandstand. I hate it, it's so boring. Loads of cars going round and round and round in circles for weeks on end and loads of blokes with different shaped balls. I don't know what it is. Oh, I do. Sorry, I do beg your pardon. <laughs> Are you better now? Yeah, I've got it out of my system. Good. Right, um, sorry. <laughs> Just felt the need to do that. Okay. Uh, what should we mention? Oh, uh, we mentioned John Featonby um, mm-hmm. briefly in the Good Old Days, Good Old Days article. Mm. We should give a plug to his uh, SoundCloud uh, podcast, which is uh, under his name, just for John Featonby, and it's a podcast to do with uh, commentary for the TV movie, oh, which okay. I had to listen to and was mm-hmm. uh, rather fun. Quite enjoyed that. Um, obviously, Paul's mentioned his shy life. Mm-hmm. Uh, one. Yeah. But uh, was there anything else? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Um, we tried to look up Oxo the Wrestler, didn't yes. we? I think they might. Maybe somebody wrote it especially yeah, for it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I think we'll move on to our next series. And mm-hmm. our next series is Who Done It? Yes, indeed. Who Done It number one, BTR number 16917, part one. 15 seconds. Hello and welcome to Who Done It. So, Who Done It? Yes. Well, lots of people done Who Done It, didn't they? They did. <laughs> in, in the sense of Who Done It in the series and, and Who Done It on the panel. Yes. Uh, who Done It? Um, again, it's not really a show I have any particular memories of watching, really. No, well, I wasn't old enough, you were, so. You, you technically were old enough. I was, but, but I was three, <laughs> wasn't I? Uh, it's, it's, let's have a look. Um, the original pilot episode is 15th of August 1972. Well, then I was... Four days old. And you honestly don't remember it? No. God, your memory's getting dreadful now, you're getting older. Uh, yes, it is a game show. A, a panel show. A panel game not, show. Not a game show well, necessarily, because you don't really win anything at the end. Uh, made by Thames. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, created by Jeremy Lloyd and Lance Percival. Yes. Mm-hmm. The pilot episode, I said, is 15th of August 1972 and is hosted by Shaw Taylor. Yes. Shaw Peeled. Shaw Taylor, of course, um, known for um, Police Five, the crime, yes. the crime show. Mm-hmm. And he also did the voiceover for the Master segment. Right, yes, in the nineteen ninety three Doctor yes. Who and the Daleks insert bits. Yes, yes. So that was that was quite nice to get him to do that. Mm-hmm. The pilot episode is only is hosted by him, mm-hmm. and then it, the actual first series is then hosted by Edward Woodward, who is on the pilot. Who is on the pilot? Yes. Then John Pertwee shows up in I think the episode third three. episode as a guest. Jim a bit annoying. And John Pertwee takes over for the rest of the from series two onwards. Onwards, yeah, yeah. Because I think it was felt that Edward Woodward wasn't the best house ever. Yes. But I have to say, the first series is all over the place, mm. and by the end of the first series, he's settling down nicely. And I think they had they given him a chance More to do time the second series. Yeah. He might have done, but then maybe he was doing Callum. Maybe. No, but yes, you, you basically get a little sort of drama acted out, don't yes. you? Um, yeah, you get a little segment at the start. And it's and usually a murder. It's usually a murder. It's not always a it's murder. It's not always a murder. No, there we... was um, a theft of a painting. Oh, yes. Uh, there was a smuggling... Oh, yes, we'll talk about that yeah. one in a bit. There was a smuggling case, one which we watched earlier. Yes. Um, um, so, yes, it, but it, it's, it's, all, it, it's usually a murder, yes. but there's always some sort of crime or, crime. Yep. or mystery or something yes. like that. Yeah. Um, so you get... The guest cast of actors yes. acting that out. Yes. Then you get a guest cast of, of panellists who yeah. are also generally famous. Yep. Um, generally. Apart from the ones that aren't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> apart from the series five where they have three celebrities. Yes. And one person who's won a competition in the TV, TV Times. Times who's, yes. So there's, there's six different people that have won a competition, won the competition in the Everybody's TV Times. usually got a fag on the go, haven't yes. they? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there's awful an awful lot, lot of smoking. smoking on it. Yeah. Um, but then you do get the studio audience, and you do get yeah. also like four people from the studio yeah, audience. Yeah, for the first three, for four the early series. early series, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they do give their full addresses when oh, they yes, win. Oh well, yes, yes, because if you yeah. win, you you could get something from the set, couldn't yeah. you? Or a Who Done It uh, trophy, which is 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 um, a magnifying glass. Yes. In a frame with Who Done It. But yeah, I mean, so. you, you've got John Pertwee as the sort of main host for his thing yes. and it's it's fairly obvious it's 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 sort of um you know invite a lot of john pertwee's mates on yeah. after a while isn't yeah. it um yeah so that's that that's quite fun mm-hmm. but um let's let's i mean we should let's just concentrate on one particular episode yes. shall we and the one i think we chose yes, was a time to die a time to die and die is spelled d-y-e because it's setting a hairdresser's yes mm-hmm. so uh lady goes to have a face, face, she's, she's got face a face pack, pack on. and they're going to do her nails and, and just business. tidy her up a bit because she's going to a, some sort of premiere. She's a, she's when we say a lady, we mean a lady, a lady, lady. Yeah, she's she's Lady P. Don't have to ever say what her surname is. Lady P. Lady P. And she looks like Janice from the Muppets. Okay, all right. Because she's got long blonde hair. Okay, and she, she turns up and she she's got a hat. Janice no, she had a hat. hat. Oh, right, okay. But yeah, she turns up and she's rather worse for wear. <laughs> so they bundle her off to one of the back rooms and somebody she's got lots of jewellery and lots of diamonds mm. jewellery and somebody there decides they want to steal the jewellery so they um, try to um, knock her out with carbon tetrachloride yes, no. which kills her yes because she's 
drunk and it apparently it suffocates you anyway doesn't it well yes i was just looking up the uh, safety data sheets for carbon tetrachloride which oh, is what do. i do um it's toxic to the liver exposure to it can affect the central nervous system damage the liver and kidneys prolonged exposure can lead to coma or death mm. um carbon tetrachloride was also used to extinguish fires in the early part of the uh, 20th century because it, it, it won't catch fire um, well not easily anyway and there was such a thing as a fire grenade made which was a glass ball filled with carbon tet you could throw it on the on the fire and it would make the fire go out mm. it's quite clever trouble is carbon tet is very poisonous mm -hmm. it was used as a dry cleaning solvent as well yeah. um, but in this but case it's used for hairdressing purposes I, 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 I forget I, what they say it's used I for. forget why but hopefully they did some basic research to make sure <laughs> that what they were talking about wasn't complete nonsense well, i looked up carbon tet and how you make it um mm -hmm. these days you make it from methane because methane's ch4 um you react it with chlorine and the hydrogens and the chlorines exchange places so you get ccl4 and hcl hydrochloric acid mm -hmm. left over right. um initially it was synthesized by a French chemist Henri Victor Regnold in 1839 okay. and there's a picture of him it's right. um, not very good on audio though is it I know but he, You'd have he, to look he looks like a um, sort of 19th century French chemist uh, right. quite, quite nice bow tie yeah. how do you look like a 19th century well, that, that's what he looks French like. chemist <laughs> well he's I don't know well but... he hasn't got a beard that's very disappointing ah yes well yes. Mendeleev had the best beard I yes. think when it comes to chemistry yeah. uh, yes going off the point here yeah. um, but who is the who is the by far the best star of A Time to Die Paul Darrow Paul Darrow he plays the um, policeman yes the yes. detective the detective but how does know. Paul Darrow play a policeman um, he's basically playing it like a lumbo <laughs> Apart from the American accent, but he's doing a sort of he's sort of, hunched, he's sort of hunched over. Yes, he's hunched over. He sort of shuffles about. He yeah. sort of puts his hand up. Yeah, he's, with, his, the, with his finger yeah. pointing. Yeah. Does he actually say one more thing? No, I don't, know. I don't think so. But you can you can tell that Paul Darrow is sort of. I mean, I, I've I know he's a sort of fan of westerns and yes. things like that, isn't he? But he's yeah. clearly a fan of yeah. of Columbo. Yes. Um. What 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 series is this from? Series series. Four? Five. Four so, or five. Series five. Let's have a look. Okay. Well, if you'll hold my recorder. Okay. Just hold that there. I'm Thank holding you. it there. Oh, hey. We've got <laughs> the DVDs here. Yes. Because I sometimes people sometimes I think people don't believe we've got the DVDs. Oh, we've got the DVDs for everything. Oh, yes. So let's have a look. Um, series four or series five, was it? I think it's series five. Oh, let's have a look. Oh, dear. It's all falling out. Uh, time to die. Here we go. Uh, it's series four. Oh, series four. Thank you, pardon. So... Time to Die. Mm. Terry Scott and New Avenger Gareth Hunt yes. employ their powers of deductive reasoning uh, to try and work out who done it when a woman is murdered in a beauty parlour. But can Anuska Hempel uh, charm the villain into confessing? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Transmission 12th of July, 1976. So is it Series 4 that's got the audience involvement or Series 5 got the audience involvement as well? Oh, blimey, I'd have to look. I, I really can't answer that without getting all the DVDs out. Okay. We've got the DVDs out. But yeah, Series series 4, which mm -hmm. is what this is from, also includes Dead Grass. Mm -hmm. So you've got Sheila Hancock, Stratford Johns. Mm -hmm. Oh, and George Savalas. George Savalas, who was 
brother of, of Telly Savalas. Just a bit confused. Yes. What have I got myself into? Future Imperfect, Lindsay Wagner and Magnus Pike. Yeah. Future Imperfect, that's the one set in the future with yeah. Bernard Horsfall. If you only watch one episode of Who Done It, that is the one. It's very strange. Really? It's, 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 it's really, really strange, it's that one. It's very strange. But Bernard Horsfall. In a wig. Being presented with a ridiculous costume yeah. and a r- ridiculous a script and a ridiculous robot android yeah. thing yeah. still plays it absolutely oh, God, straight. It's really good. Yeah, really good. Um, final verdict Stephen Yardley, Richard O'Sullivan, Norman Bowler. Oh, that's the one where people keep dying. Uh, is that the one where Honor Blackman gets... She gets really cross because she's trying to ask questions and she asks somebody a question and that character dies because <laughs> they've all been poisoned. Uh, a Bad Habit, A Monastery. Oh, that's Youth, John Abenary. Youth of Joyce and Brian Murphy. Mm. Uh, yeah, John Abenary. Mm. Has he got hair in that? No. Or is he? No, he's actually not. Well, right. he's a monk, so he wouldn't... Oh, no. Mm. Uh, Deadly Tan, June Whitfield, Rodney Buse, Tony Selby. Um, oh, that's one with um, Neville Jason in from... Uh, oh, that's right. Android Android Tara. Tara, yes. He's a dictator. Yes, um, and Everybody claims to have done it. Dead ball, a football one. William Franklin, Sandra Dickinson, and Gordon Honeycomb, or yeah. Peter Halliday and Linda Bellingham as well. Yes, Peter Patrick the Mule. Policeman, oh, I think. Yes, but that that's that's a pretty good. You know, series four is a pretty good. You know, yeah. range of things. Oh, you can put that back in. No, I think <laughs> I've got the disc the wrong yeah. way around. That's why it's falling out. You need to take that one out and put it back in. Mm. Uh, but a bit more about a time to die. Yes. Okay. Excuse me, I'm just going to click. Is there proof that we do have these? Oh, there we go. That's a, that's a good noise for, for audio. <laughs> now, the, the, uh, the woman from the competition, yes. w- when she gets it right, yes. they say, Pertwee says to her, you what can have anything wants, off the yeah, set. Yeah, I can pick something from a set as a prize. And she wants a trip to London, which one of the characters has, and to see a, a stage show. And he goes, yes, 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 you can. And I'm sure the producer's going, no, no, no you can't. she can't. She can't afford it. Yeah. <laughs> so God knows what she, she ends up with. I just yeah. wanted to get out the Series 2 one a minute as well. I'm trying to do this with one hand. Because we should <laughs> mention the art of theft. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's the... Oops, thank you. There we go. That's the one with the... Oh, it's Harry Taub doing a... Doing some sort He's of yokel, doing a country accent, a yokel but accent. It's just sort of Irish. Um, and you've got the absolute collision of Kingsley Amos and Arthur Mullard yeah. sat next to each yeah. other. No, they were opposite ends. Oh, the opposite ends, ends. Yeah. Yeah, right? Because they might explode if they yeah. sat next to each other. Because they're like matter or antimatter. <laughs> but <laughs> Arthur Mullard's approach to who done it is: I have one question. Yeah. Who done it? Yeah. And Kingsley Amos um, sort of, of g- grills questions. grills the poor old actors yeah. about like art history and things yeah. like that and when they can't reply he thinks that they're all guilty yeah despite the fact that they you they're know just they're not expecting to have to yeah. answer all these questions yeah. oh teddy bear's picnic oh that's weird that's the one with um aubrey aubrey woods, woods yeah dressed as a clown with a soft toy rabbit called parkinson yes very strange that is very strange oh john chalice in goodbye sarge yeah 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 um, what's the one that Francoise Pascal was in? That's a Francoise Pascal. That's the that's the Rajas Ruby or something, Francois, isn't it? Oh God, yeah, Francoise Pascal. I she's, forgot she was in that she's one. She's in. She's in one. Or yeah. more Magnus Pike, the Q forty three. Ah, there are mm. the Rajas Ruby. Mm. Yes, Francoise Pascal, Bill Pertwee, Terry Wogan, Prunella Scales, John Savadant, Dennis Lill. 
grief. I mean, mm. you look you look at these, and they're just absolutely the jammed fact, jammed, jammed fact, fact. <laughs> jammed packed full of actors. That was what I was trying to say. <laughs> jammed packed full of great actors. Yeah, some of whom are clearly having fun. Yes. I think yes. It's because Katie Manning's in one, isn't it? Oh yes, Katie, series, Katie's in series one. Series four one. Um, Kate Amara mm. does one. Yes. But briefly, we, I just wanted to sort of also say about Anushka Hempel, because yeah. um, we are going to do a little bit more about her yeah. um, in a Very bit. Soon. But she's um, apparently a designer and a noted figure in London society these days. Okay, that's um, nice. So she, yeah, she designs hotels. Um, Overpriced at hotels. Rest- restaurants. Boats, mm. and I've just gone on her website, Anushka Hempel Design. If you go on the shop section, you can buy things like floor lamps and table lamps mm. and chairs and something called Asia Minor. Which is some sort of screen. It's some sort of screen. And Asia Minor, which is described as can be fitted or hung straight and used to diffuse the light or as a room divider. Mm-hmm. Personally, I just use a bit of hardboard. But Asia Minor costs Often DVDs costs cost you a mere six thousand two hundred pounds. Gosh, we love two of those. Yeah. Well, you could get some Oriental chairs, mm. seventeen hundred pound mm. for a chair, which frankly doesn't look very comfortable. No, it doesn't really. It's not really got back to it. No. But there you go. That that's posh design for you. So uh, yeah. it's. Uh, I'm sure you, some people would love to pay for it. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, but yeah, who done it? Five series, nineteen seventy-three yes. to nineteen 19- six series. Oh, there is six series, but there's only yeah. five series currently available. Let's come on, network release series six. Yes, yeah, se- oh, series six is a long one. Yeah. It's twelve episodes. Yeah, well, a- think, April to June seventy-eight. I think um, all the Christmas special. We should say yes, the Christmas Christmas special. special. Well, there's um, yes. William Russell's in that William very Russell, briefly yes. with an eye patch. With an eye patch. Oh, in yeah. the brig. And the brig. The brigadier's the in brig's the one. not in that one. He's in an episode of Series 5. He, he, he's and he, in, he has to dance. He, oh, that's the one where, where Pertwee goes, I didn't know you could do comedy, Brig. Yeah. Yes, that's the... Let's have a look. Um, oh, yes. Last Tango in Tooting. Hmm. <laughs> he gets it's murdered. It's the finals of the Banforth Chemical Works dance competition. Yeah. <laughs> and there's murder on the dance floor. <laughs> oh, lordy. Yes, this is this is just a strange series on occasion, isn't it? Oh, on very many occasions, <laughs> yes. But yes, we're we're just champing at the bit for the last season now, yes. aren't we? That... Yeah, and I think our, our next guest mm. also wants the next season to be released because there's oh, a yes. certain Mike Holloway in it. Oh, that's true. Oh, yes, that, one, liked. that one's not out yet. No. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah, but, uh, yeah so I think... We get a general th- a general thumbs up to Who Done It, yeah. And the weird thing is, we go back to Who Done It, yeah. Even and, though we can quite often remember who the half the time, I, is. no, I, I I usually forget. I, I mean, we okay. rewatch the uh, the the airplane smuggling one with Mary yeah. Tam, Mary Tam, and mm-hmm. um, the Verger, yes, Edward uh, Sinclair, for, the, yeah, the Verger Dad's from Army. Dad's Army, and Frank Thornton, yes. <laughs> That's a real collision of yeah, of, of people. people. Um, and I couldn't remember who'd done it. I could sort of. Half I've seen remember. that one about three times. Yeah, I could half remember. And who'd I, done I, it. I can't remember. So, yeah. so they do bear rewatching. I think yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. So yeah, general thumbs up, and uh, yeah, mm. if you, it's one of those things. I think you know, dip your toe in the water. I think with mm-hmm. who done it, and uh, you yeah. may like what you see. Yes. Okay, and now we'll uh, 
just play the end music like we like like we like to do mm-hmm. and we'll come back with a with another interview hopefully yes. okay okay see you then bye bye realized we forgot to say thank you to paul oh thank you paul sorry paul thank you paul yes <laughs> entertaining as ever yeah my 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 age you know that's okay. what it is, is it? uh no we also have to say thank you to uh james gent for interviewing us um as his podcast of the week on his we are cult we are cult podcast. website podcast Web- website. website no he's a website yeah, they haven't a website. got a podcast sorry. Um, so we were podcast of the week for the 31st of March 2017 and he sent us a load of questions and, and we sent him some answers and we sent him some answers and yes. we did get some we did get some new listeners out we there we did hello so, new listeners so thank you very much to to James for that um, but now we uh, have a bit of a Scottish cutaway a Scottish cutaway well, not, a, not a Dalek cutaway not a Dalek cutaway no um, as uh, Warren Yes. Travels all the way up to the Isle of Skye. Yes. Um, not just to do this, but no, no, he was he going was on going holiday. Anyway. He was going to uh, Skye. To visit, Scotland to visit my old friend Fiona and his old friend and his old friend Fiona. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, Fiona, we uh, have known for a long time, um, yes. and we met through the Salisbury local group. That's the Doctor Who local group. Yes. We should explain that. Yes. There so- might be people listening to this that don't know what yes. their local group is. Yes, Salisbury. Doctor Who brackets local group um, would, would have been about 1986, I oh, believe. Oh gosh, that's so quite that's, some that, time that's ago. That's a while then. ago. Yes. And um, yes, Fiona now lives up in Scotland, so she we does. we sent our raving, roving reporter <laughs> uh, Warren to yes. go and say hello yes, and, and interview her. And she gets out a photo album at she the start, does. which of course doesn't work on audio, but uh, oh, it a, does lead to some to, memories of. Yes. Of her time in fandom and some thoughts on yeah. on Doctor Who and her mm-hmm. other interests and her other favourite program, which mm-hmm. I'm sure she'll re- re- she will reveal Very in soon. a few seconds. Yes. Okay. okay, so let's say hello to Fiona. Hello, Fiona. And uh, over to you. And now a Caledonian concatenation, capriciously, incontestably, catchinatory conviviality. Scottish fun. Well, you stuck your tickling junk. Will you stuck your tickling junk? Didn't make me laugh so happy, or you'll make me joke. Oh, I wish you'd stop your nonsense. Just look at all the folk. Oh, you stop your tickling, 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 stop your tickling junk. Okay, I'm Fiona. Warren used to know me as Fiona Matheson. I've s- or 
Or, no, Fiona, Fiona Matheson. Mummy Rabbit. And Mummy Rabbit, yes. All right, Daddy Rabbit. Right, yeah. <laughs> You'll have to explain that one. Um, briefly, I was Fiona Berezé, and now I'm Fiona Allen. And we are currently sitting in my dining room on the Isle of Skye. Beautiful. And Warren does not want to go home. No, I don't want to go home. No. Actually, I can't go home because they've manacled me to the sink. <laughs> yeah, someone has to do the washing up round yeah. here because we don't. You've got a Doctor Who room, haven't you? Some people have dodgy rooms, but you have a Doctor Who room, don't you? It's heading that way. Heading? heading. I walked in there and it was like childhood reborn. It was marvellous. It's got one or two Doctor Who dollies in it. <laughs> that sounded really dodgy. <laughs> well, the, well, the full-size Cyberman's in the entrance hall. <laughs> this is going well. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry, were we supposed to be serious? Not really. <laughs> this is what we have been serious. Hold on. In my levels, all my levels are going up still, right? Woo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You'll be lucky. Right. My um, husband's in the other room. <laughs> I'm going to look at these photos. <laughs> well, yeah, I've just put a photograph album in front of Warren. And it's going back about 30-ish years. Oh, <laughs> oh, I could walk then. <laughs> okay. Tell us about your photos. Right. Well, these the, one, the particular ones we're looking at feature a few members of the old, what was then, now we're old, Salisbury Federation of Whovians. And I had nothing to do with that name. <laughs> I think that, that was Andrew Wink. <laughs> Less said the better. <laughs> Can we get sued from this podcast? No. no. All, all 15 people would sue us. Probably... Well, there's a group shot of us sitting on the steps outside the big house at Longleat. Um, who's there? Keith Musselwhite. Andrew Trowbridge. Yourself. Myself. And my three, what I call, adopted sisters. It's a long what story. Was that? That, that, was, that was one of the pussycats. <laughs> and it was the girls that first came up with the name Daddy Rabbit. Because it goes with Warren. <laughs> and it's that. I'm turning the page. Turn over the page. <laughs> and we get, right, get some close-ups. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it's a shame. <laughs> it's a shame this is audio. <laughs> that's a lovely picture of you with the three girls. Oh, I love that one. That's great. Yeah, now these three little girls, between them now, have six children. Oh, grief. <laughs> what time and the, the oldest one was 14 last month. Oh, God. Yeah, just to really make us feel old. So how did you get involved in, um, in fandom then? Oh, I don't know. Well, I'm old enough to just remember Pat Troughton on original broadcast I was lucky enough to have parents that watched Doctor Who from when it started so when I came along two months after the programme started because I was born January 64 um, so it, it was just always there we, we always watched it on a Saturday um, mostly I remember Pertwee most of all growing up on a Saturday afternoon sit down watching Pertwee years and I remember the 10th anniversary dad bought me the Radio Times magazine and devoured that because we were saying earlier about when we first got involved in this it was what they call now the classic series 
Um, and you didn't have mass media and Facebook and Twitter and everything. And there wasn't so much in the way of merchandising. And so when the Radio Times came out, oh, there was no repeats on the television or very few repeats on the television. No videos, DVDs or anything like that. So all you had was this Radio Times magazine and then the Target novels. Um, but I actually, in the 1970s, was a huge Tomorrow People fan. I was on the other side. But as a result of that, anything that a cast member of the Tomorrow People was in, another programme, then I would watch. And I'd sort of not consciously stopped watching Doctor Who um, in the mid to late Tom Baker era. I just was doing other things, being in early teens as, as one did um, and then I it was announced that Tom Baker was leaving Peter Davison was taking over and because my ears pricked up because Peter Davison had been in the Tomorrow People so I thought oh I'll and start what watching did he it do yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> well he didn't wear a lot <laughs> and what was his name Elmer that was Emily no, oh, that's no that was Emma. his sister yeah oh, he was right. in A Man for Emily Elmer and he was Elmer Emily's brother and um, so I started watching then. And of course, that was round about the 20th anniversary time. And we didn't live lot, far from Longleat in those days. And so I had tickets and I went and joined the queue, <laughs> like hundreds of other people. Um, picked up a membership form for the DWAS, joined the DWAS. And a few months later, went to my first convention in London, which was Interface 3. And that was John Pertwee. Nick Courtney, John Levine, Barry Letts, Terence Dix. Um, and really from there, didn't look back. <laughs> and I'm not quite sure how Salisbury Federation of... I can't remember now, in the midst of time, how, how we all got together. and About 85, 86, wasn't it? Yeah. But I think it just started off... Well, Keith I knew from church. Mm-hmm. And there was one hymn I actually had it at my first wedding... And has the line, dwellers all in time and space. And every time we sang that at church, Keith and I didn't dare catch each other's <laughs> eyes across the congregation. <laughs> not that you're a corpser at all. No, no, no. not at all. Very, you know, professionals were last. <laughs> <laughs> last what? Last bus? <laughs> yeah. But the, the, these photographs that we're thumbing through, and the, the three girls, um, their father used to work at the hospital and they used to enter float in we used to have Salisbury Carnival every summer and they decided that they were going to do Doctor Who float Um, and they knew I was a by this time had quite a collection of photographs and books and things so John asked could he borrow them for reference to do the things for the float and I ended up being on the float as well trying to dress up as Nyssa and my mum said you can't wear that skirt there's nothing to it <laughs> is it like an original Trump yeah. costume and the skirt version not the trouser version mm-hmm. um, and that was a fu- fun evening and it just sort of, I think it just really sort of grew out of that we just a couple of us just used to meet in each other's houses and watch the early videos that video. pirated, pirated, videos. pirated videos that the quality <laughs> Of the picture quality wasn't very good, and, and started going to conventions, and that was it really, and it and sort of took over my life. <laughs> <laughs> Are you having therapy? 
No, not quite that. <laughs> I can actually, I can, I can switch off from it sometimes. Another <laughs> <the> pause. <laughs> please, please. At work, please, yes, I yeah. can switch. When I get to work, I put my um, confessional head on, and oh no, we're getting to work. So garbage going now. Oh, <laughs> talking to put the heads on. Talking heads on. Put my working head on. Yars. That endorse it head. Yarp. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> what's your first memory of telly then? My first memory mm. of telly. Watch with mother. Things like wooden tops, Andy Pandy. I like spotty dog and wooden tops. You <laughs> <laughs> can't do this on audio, can you? But <laughs> the movement of spotty dog. I like spotty dogs. Um... Yeah, so Watch With Mother and then the cartoons that used to be on at the end of children's time and like Clangers. Love the Clangers. Love the Clangers. Mm. And Bagpuss, all those sort of things. Um, Blue Peter. I think everyone in sort of our generation grew up with mm. Blue Peter. Ah, it brings yes. into question there. Blue Peter or Magpie? Oh, it's a I it's sorry, Blue Peter... But I did used to. I used to like Magpie when they used to do the fundraising because they used to do this the thing down all the corridors to Teddington. And I've got, like I said, I was a Tomorrow People fan, so I used to give it back to you know, backstage of the Tomorrow People because Magpie were going around the studios. So, but it's also like Saturday mornings, Swap Shop or Tis Was. Tis Was. <laughs> or Swap Shop. <laughs> <laughs> Depends who was on Swap Shop that week. No, I think I used to get up on a Saturday morning and you, I wouldn't move from the telly until about half past twelve and sort of shop and finish. Oh, I like shop shop. Yeah? Depend, yeah, yeah. Big fan of Eric. Eric used to drop the letters down, down the door. Yeah, yeah. And posh paws. Posh paws. <laughs> yeah. What else stands out to you? What? Well, hold on. Let's, let's, let's step back, actually. <laughs> oh, I, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, You keep... Don't you mean tomorrow, people? Ah, uh, yes. Why? Why? Why the draw to that? What? What? What made it jump out rather than anything else that was on at the time for you? I think probably because it, the main people in it were my age. It was something that was a possibility that teenagers could develop these special powers. What was happening to to these teenagers? I mean. Could have been you. The great breakout could have been you know, anyone. Could have been a tomorrow person. So it you felt like it, you know, could happen. Whereas Doctor Who, as much as I love it and can get involved with it, it's uh, I, don't, I don't like to break anyone's hearts. But what's the really the chances of the TARDIS landing in your back garden and you being whisked away? But there were the chances that you could break out and become a tomorrow person. Did you see any of the new series that they did? I've seen, I've, I have seen all of them. I've seen all three series, the original, then the new series, and then the American. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a wasted opportunity with the American version. They took Roger Price's sort of initial ideas. I know he was involved with it. Um, but instead of like in the original series where you literally had a story like Doctor Who you had a different story every couple of weeks um, they were different stories the The linking thing was that you had the same people with these special powers involved in things get, 
in adventures. Whereas the American series just sort of followed these people with special powers and it was more about them and their powers and what was going on with this one particular power Mm -hmm. block and how it was the good versus bad and that was all it was for one series do you think that was that that they fell into the mold of like marvel comics heroes that they have at the blockbuster yeah 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 just another one and like like heroes it was a treadmill program yeah because it was that was the niche at the time yeah yeah i I agree with you because it 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 took the concept fine i can cook concept but he didn't. He didn't set foot in any other direction. Whereas no. original Tomorrow People would set foot in any direction. And they even did time travel. Mm. Yeah, so I love the Roman one. And the, the idea of somebody taking back the idea of the st- steam engine. And then when they went back to what was their time, it was completely different, parallel. And I love that sort of thing. <laughs> well, you. Thank you to Fiona. Yes, thank you, Fiona. She will be back in episode nine. Yes. That seems a long way distant, but it's really not. We've it's already not. got some it's stuff planned for Yes, we already decided what, what we're going to yes, be doing. That, that, that's quite quite yes. well planned already. Yes, it is. Um, Make sure you tune in. Yes. Uh, Warren does have a little tale to tell of his of his journey up there. He does. Um, yes. Which, was a, which, surprised, which surprised me. Yes, it, uh, it surprised was a nice surprise. Too. Yeah. Um, so we'll let him tell that tale. And back in a few minutes. And then we're back for our last programme of the yes. of this episode. Yeah. Uh, so back in a few seconds after after Warren. Okay, ta da. It's young Warren again. He's come back from Scotchland, haven't you? Aye. 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 And you've brought us some uh, bagpipes to stick on the fridge. <laughs> squeezy sacks. Squeezy, <laughs> squeezy Leonard bagpipe sacks. Um, but... Thank you for doing the uh, interview with Fiona. It was was a great assignment. I haven't seen her for quite a while. But uh, you have a a tale to tell about your journey up there, do you not? Oh, yes. Uh, Would you like to do some shameless (laughs) name-dropping? Tell us us about it. Well, sat on the paraffin budget, I'm sat there. What plane did you go on? Um, An an (laughs) aeroplane. One with wings. One with wings. Yes. Um... And I'm sat there and somebody sits next to me. Which you do, because they're yeah, seats they, they, Yeah, they do have more than one seat. You don't have to sit on a box. And um, I, I take no notice of the people. So I'm staring out the window. Plane takes off. And um, <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Dick Mills. <laughs> um, Girls don't make sounds. <laughs> no, they don't, do they, Lisa? No. <laughs> she does when she's had pickled onions, doesn't she? <laughs> um, moving on. And I looked at this chap to the left, and went, mm, he looks familiar. And he looks at me and goes, 
Ah, yes, it's me. <laughs> I thought, was that the voice? No. <laughs> he just goes, yes, it's me. And I went, to which you should have said, and it's me. <laughs> <laughs> to which I, I just looked right back at what I was doing. <laughs> just stirring my tea, thinking. I'm sat next to Nutter. And I went, hold on a minute. <laughs> and the penny, didn't, the penny didn't just plummet. I think it bashed me on the side of the head. And it's Alan Cumming. So they must arrange these aeroplane seats in alphabetical order. They must do, yes. <laughs> Which is why he's sat next to you. Yes. Thinking about it, yeah. And the week before, I arrested somebody with the same name as mine. Oh, right. That which was, was very bizarre. Yeah, Cummings all over the place. I know. I had to say in my interview that we all know relation. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was he was a nice chap. He was up there. He's filming a documentary with um, some Americans. There were three mm. Americans film crew going up. He says, I'm taking them up the locks. <laughs> and I just looked at him and he stuck his tongue in inside of his cheek. <laughs> and, and knowing him, knowing him, that could mean a multitude of things, couldn't well, it? He did say that they were meant to be filming earlier and then there was some snowstorm. Snowstorm Stella or something in America? Or something which had delayed... Oh, right. Them yep. coming across. Well, he'd have been. Uh, uh, I think a bit, I think some, bit upset about that because whilst I was there, it snowed. Yes. Because I went up uh, Cairngorms. <laughs> and I couldn't see the top of the Cairngorms. Because he posted a little video of him in his hotel room. Ah. Uh, it was either the same day or the day after. I can't remember. All right. I did look. Um, I had a book with me. I was reading a book. It's very you, good. Book. You, you take books with you. I do take on, on books holy day. On a holy day with me. And this uh, this book was written by somebody by the name of. Andrew Trowbridge and Lisa Park. I'd never heard of them. Never heard of them. So I thought I'd give it a go. The Adventures of uh, Trowbridge and... No, uh, no, no, no. It's Toby and Lucy, Volume 1. That's it. You that's know. <laughs> and I, I gave you a copy of that and I signed it. You signed I? it? Yeah. Yes. It's mysteriously gone missing. Oh, do you not have this book anymore? No, I don't. Last seen in the hands of himself. Oh. What are you reading? Snatch. <laughs> Read the page, chuckle, chuckle, chuckle. I don't know what happened to the book after that. Oh, Perhaps Alan we... Cummings nicked my book. <laughs> that should be well, the title I, of your I, autobiography. Allegedly, allegedly there. Cause well, you got off the plane and you didn't have the book I didn't with have you. The book, I forgot Perhaps he about left it. it under the seat. Perhaps he did. Perhaps he ate it or something. But... Yeah, I'm going to get you another copy now. Oh, okay. Why, st- why don't you tweet him and ask him whether he's got your book? Or you feel you can get, give me my book back. <laughs> You might, he si- might he might sign it, which would be unfortunate. He might reply. <laughs> he might want to part. <laughs> well, we're always, you know, you, we're always I keen know, to get I know it what out you there. Suggested which part you should play. <laughs> no, no, no. We uh, no. anybody. Well, we do have some people that we had in mind for various parts, didn't mm. we? <laughs> who who did we think? We wanted Al Murray as, Al Murray as Roger, Bacon. Roger Bacon and. Yeah. Thoth was going to be Omid Jalili, and if we couldn't get him, Alexi Sale was that right? <laughs> Brilliant, yeah, Alexi Sale. Yes. But uh, and it was going to be directed by Graham Harper. Yeah. But there you go. Lots of energy and pace, please. Yes, and wafting smoke <laughs> wafting about. Smoke yes, wafting. exactly. Yeah. Um, oh well, so, nice chap. Nice chap. Um, didn't talk for that long, but yeah. um, <laughs> well, he was reading a book. He was reading a book. Pretty put the book down. Well, I can't remember the rest. Well, why can't you remember that? Are you <laughs> slip you up? <drink. laughs> <laughs> Where are you going? Drink. Where are we going? Slip you a drink. No, no. Yeah. Um, um, just... I, I nearly asked to do it. It would be very rude to ask to do an interview. Oh, right. Oh. Didn't get that far. Didn't manage to get the tape recorder surreptitiously uh, out of that's a shame. the rucksack. Uh, we, 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 if, if you're listening, Alan, we'll, you'll be very welcome to 
<laughs> to come and sit on our sofa and chat about no. Crown Court if you really want to. Nice chap, very nice chap. Oh well, you do meet him though, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Why do you get, why do you keep bumping into famous people? What is it about you? Is your, your open on, you've got a face. <laughs> stalker. I'm a stalker, professional. Because you've stalker. been up on Doctor Lucy's roof, haven't you? I have been on Lucy's roof. Yes. <laughs> Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm coming over all peculiar there. But Dr. Lucy asked for you, you for directions once, didn't yes, you? Yes. Be I, careful how I said that. Yeah. <laughs> she asked you to give her directions. She asked me, if you want to know the way, ask a policeman. And then you... Carry on screaming. You ended up on a roof at Hampton Court, is that right? That's right. What, I ended how up did that happen? Um, I was stationed down the road. All right. And we went into uh, myself and my colleague... The new officers went in there, spoke to the security guards and said, oh, would you like to see round? Mm. Ah, that's the reason we came. <laughs> Get a freebie. Uh, and they said, yeah, yeah sure. Well, let's just take you to the parts that the public don't see. Yeah. And we went past and went into the private, the private rooms and they took us up to the roof. Yeah. And absolutely fantastic view from there. Mm. Absolutely for my beautiful clear day. But it's amazing, absolutely amazing. I've got a handful of photographs. I should uh, pass them down to you. But, um, yeah, it was just amazing. I think there's a computer programme that they filmed in Hampton Court Maze. Because mm-hmm. there's um, was it Ian McNaught-Davis, I think his name is. You can um, say McNaughton then, wouldn't you? Eh? You can say McNaughton. No, I think it's Ian McNaught-Davis. I will yeah. check that later. Um, and K9. And they're in Ooh. the maze. And K9's computing... A way to get out the maze, and I'm going to see if I can find that clip oh, now. Brilliant. Yeah, I'll see if I can find it. But yeah, it's a computer program from about 1980, 81 ish. So I'm going to go and have a Thank you for that, Warren. I, I like your 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 sort of encounters with with the stars. I like my encounters with the stars. <laughs> yes, it's always uh, they might not like their. Encounters no, he's, he's never going to see you no, again. But no, uh, there no. you go. Well, hello. Uh, hope post. you enjoy the book, and uh, you know. Yes. Uh, five pounds, please. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. What has happened to Warren's copy of Toby and Lucy? Has Alan Cumming half-inched it? Find out in episode nine of Round the Archives. What kind of voice is that meant to be? That was my dramatic trailer voice over man voice, like right. you get in movies. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think you need to practice a bit. I'm not very good at that. Uh, but Warren's mention of... Hampton Court and my mention of K9. Right. And I have actually found the computer program from 1982 okay. with K9 right. and Ian McNaught Davis right. in the maze mm-hmm. at Hampton Court. We okay. went in that maze, didn't we? Did yes. we get lost? No. No. I don't uh, think so. No. But here's a, here's a tiny little piece of, of the computer program, and then we will finally do. <laughs> we'll let you get away. And we'll, we'll, do, the, we'll do the thing, yes. the final thing. That we're going to do. Yes, yes. See you. Bye bye. so-called intelligent animal, your three-point turns are terrible. Compliments are unnecessary. Please follow.
And our final article this time round is about Zodiac. Zodiac. Which is a um, detective series featuring a policeman. Mm-hmm. Played by Anton Rogers. And and an astrologer. Yes. Played by Anushka Hempel. So, what are their character names? Uh, it's written they on the back. Are, um, <laughs> <laughs> that helps. Uh, there's um, the policeman's called David Gradley. Mm-hmm. Gradley. Gradley. Sorry, she calls him Grad. Mm-hmm. And she is called Esther. Esther, yeah, I can't see the rest of her name. Esther Jones. Esther Jones. I can't see the there. You're reading this off the back of the DVD. I am sleeve, aren't yes. you? Which is a bit misleading. It is because it also lists it lists John Rhys Davis, uh, now known as a dwarf. Yes. In, in which, which dwarf is he? He's Gimli. Oh, is he? Oh, he's right. Gimli, not in the Hobbit films. Apart. He's in, in Lord of the Rings. Right. Um, Francis Coulker and Peter Childs. Who are all listed on the back of the DVD as though they're in the entire, the entire series. series. And they're not. They're only in the first episode. No. The only ones that are in the entire series are Anton Rogers and Anushka Hempel. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. But the series uh, created by Roger Marshall. Yes. Who um, many years ago worked on early Avengers yep. and things like that. Mm-hmm. He also was involved with setting up Public Eye, I believe. I believe so, yes. yes that's, I believe that is right. Yes. Um, we should do Public Eye. We will some, do Public Eye. It's, it's on the is it, is it on over the, there. It's, it's on the list of, on the list of, things, of, of to do. things to do at, yes. some, at some point. But executive producer is Kim Mills. Kim Mills, yeah. And Kim Mills' name on something always means that it's going to be slightly odd, I think. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, that's a fair enough assumption. Because we've got a lot of things um, where Kim Mills is either producer, director or yeah. exec producer, or exec including mm. the wonderful mind of Mr. J.G. Reader, which we should also do which at some we will point. definitely do at some point, yeah. um, and Rivals of Sherlock Holmes. Yes, which um, we should do at some we point. We should also do at yeah. some point. There's a lot of things to do. Yeah. Yes. Well, this is going, we're going to hundreds <laughs> of episodes. But Zodiac, it only runs for, what, six, six episodes? Six episodes, yeah. First episode is the 25th of February... 1974? Yes. Death of a Crab. Yes. And we've got the uh, TV Times here. Haven't we? we have. From, in fact, we've got the whole old issue. Oh, it issue. did merit a front cover. Yeah. Oh, thanks to Iggins for sending us yes. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, P- Iggins. the PDF of, of, the, uh, of the whole issue. Because, yes. it, again, it's one of those, there's not much knocking around for it. No. But Anushka Campbell gets... Um, She's the front, like, she's on the front, the front cover. page. No sign of Anton Rogers. No, well, she, she's not as pretty as Anushka Hempel. She's not as He's pretty. He's not as pretty. <laughs> Anushka Hempel is in Zodiac. Now, the logo... Yes. It's a bit um, yes. 1980s neon tube Doctor Who logo. Yeah, it is a little sort bit, of. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. it's quite futuristic for 1974. Yes. It says, Can a crime be solved by the stars? Now, I have to put my cards on the table here. Yeah. And... As a scientist, mm. um, people might say to me, doesn't this sort of show annoy you? Mm. In that she's a, supposed to have a bit of sort of yeah. funny powers, yeah, isn't she's it? she's meant to be a bit psychic and because stuff. Because there is a bit in episode one when the phone's about to ring yeah. and she goes over to it yeah. and stands in front of it with her hand ready, the yeah. phone rings and she picks it up. Yeah. And it's Anton Rogers. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and so having a series about astrology yeah. helping to solve crimes mm-hmm. doesn't that annoy me? Not really, no. because this is made up. <laughs> <laughs> 
But what does annoy me is the, um, and I have to call it, the filler article mm. that they do in TV Times yeah. about it, where they get TV Times's astrologer, mm-hmm. Roger Elliott, says the stars could hold a, the vital key to real-life crime cases. Yeah. I, I just like to think, many professions have their own TV series. Doctors in General Hospital, lawyers in the main chance, whatever that is. Even ticket collectors in On the Buses. Yeah, we have got an episode of the main chance. Have we? Oh, right, okay. Yeah, I think it's, I forget who's in it, but... Yeah. But it's, frankly, two pages of filler, filler stuff. Yeah. And, a, and a chance to put a few pictures of people that have committed crimes. Of killers and things like that. Yeah. But... One of who looks a bit like... Um, mm. uh, not John Wills. Who's that one with the the um, pipe from the start of Doctor Who? Uh, Neville Heath. Yeah, that that's, is. No, that's not. That's yeah, I know it is. But he looks a bit like um. What? I can't remember what his name is. Who? In from Doctor Who from the start. He, Doctor Who from the start. Yeah. Um, Rex Tucker. No, not Rex Tucker. The other one. The other one. Yeah. No. Sorry, this no, is not going no. anywhere. It doesn't matter anyway. No, never mind. Um, there is another <laughs> article um about the producer. Yeah. If I just go past the stuff about Michael Jaston. Oh, here mm-hmm. we go. Jackie Davis and Zodiac. Mm-hmm. Thames television producer Jackie Davis says she simply thinks it's a lovely, funny idea for a policeman to get involved with an astrologer. Yeah, but read how they describe Jackie Davis. And, oh, yes. Now, you can tell... Well, you said this. these TV times do feel like... This, this one d- does feel particularly like it's aimed at women because yeah. there's a knitting pattern. Yeah, but not when it says Jackie Davis, a handsome, lively lady, produced yeah. Man at the Top and Harriet's Back in Town. <laughs> Is handsome an insult? I don't know. Uh, no, handsome is a word you use when you can't really describe somebody as pretty or beautiful, I oh, guess. Right, okay. It's, it's not an insult. It's but, not particularly a compliment. Yeah. But, but well, yes. Going back to Zodiac, which we should do, yeah. um, the write-up is for episode one, Death of a Crab. Astrology is strictly for the birds. That's the emphatic view of David Gradley, a work-shy ex-Herovian who has drifted into the police force. Then he meets a pretty young astrologer called Esther Jones and he gets his ideas his ideas get knocked for six. The first episode of this light-hearted thriller series features the case of Harry Parker. If only he had read his horoscope one fateful day, his whole future might have been different. Um, so it's an interesting setup episode, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, it involves a bloke sort of being drowned in a bath, doesn't it? Um, well, yeah. Yes. Um, and it's all a bit oddly shot as well. Is it? Yeah. Why is that? Because it's you get like shots of a, of a radio and shots of. Well, I think they're they're, they're having and... to be a bit arty because yeah. there's no outside filming for the whole no. of the series, is no. there? None so, so it's all it's all studio stuff. Yeah. I don't know what the budget is, but I don't think it's terribly Not high. Much, no. But on the other hand, you do get a pretty decent guest stars yeah, each week let's let's just it's not quickly... necessarily a criticism but it's just i, do, I just i mm. remember thinking the first time i thought oh this is a bit you know okay oddly shot but yeah you've got six episodes so death of a crab yeah call and call aquarian i keep wanting to say the call antiquarian but yeah. it's the call aquarian yeah. um that's got mike michael gambon george baker bill maynard yes strength of the gemini jenny hanley norman ashley and charles lloyd pack yeah now norman ashley Yes, George Mildred. Who's George Mildred's next door neighbour? Because yeah. I didn't recognise. I was going, who's that bloke? Because he hasn't got a moustache. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Saturn's Rewards, that's a good episode. Peter Vaughan, yeah. Ian Ogilvy, and Dinah Sheridan. Who is Jenny Hanley's mother? 
Oh, yes. And Jenny Handy was in, yes. In the previous episode. Oh, right. that's interesting. Yeah. Sting Sting Scorpio, yeah. Robert Powell, Wensley Pithley and Frank Gatliff in an amazing pink oh, shirt. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a really, really, that uh, has to be seen to be a yeah, set in Brighton. And yes, he's, he's really, he's really playing up the seen. camp stereotype. Yes. But, yes. Uh, I, I quite like that episode, although... Um, it's very clear that Anushka's got a suffering from got a, a cold. cold in this one. Yes. So we're doing it in sympathy for Anushka. So yes, given that we've got from colds like at the 40 moment, forty odd years ago. Yeah. But she's really quite sort of hoarse. She is, yeah. On occasions, yeah. and they even have to write it in. They had to write it in because she's because probably Cause she, they didn't have any time to stop filming. Yeah, when when, when she gets saved by Anton Rogers at the end, she's gonna kiss him, and yeah. he he sort of re- recoils he and flaps her his, away, flaps his hands, yeah. and she's going, "I'll like." I'll, was it breathe or spit yes. all over you yeah, or something? something like that. And then episode six, The Horns of the Moon, Peter Egan, Peter Jones, Michelle Detrice and Graham Crowden. I mean, yeah. that's a good cast. a great cast. cast. It has to be said, Michelle Detrice is probably at the start of her career there. Because I think that even predates some others to happen, doesn't it? I, I need to look. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, Peter Jones... Is oh, God, is yeah. is found in the fridge, yeah. isn't he? He gets murdered and the, the murderer puts him in the fridge. And, and when they open the cut, fridge door. And he sort of... He's sort of. He's got his hand up, hasn't he? And it looks. Like, I mean, you if you were shot, yeah, and put in a fridge, which is his shot. Oh yeah, yeah. That. If you were shot and put in a fridge, you wouldn't be stood up when you no. open the door unless you were like instantly frozen. We would be frozen in a fridge. But yeah, the, the sort of contorted position he ends up in yeah. is really, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean P- you, Peter Jones does do some weird stuff. It does. has to be said. As you can tell, there's a bit of a comedy element to some of this as yeah. well. I mean, I like this series because yes. it. It is light-hearted. It doesn't take itself too seriously. No, and, and you know, had this, I I said to you, it's almost, it's almost a bit sort of. There's a slight feel of if you did Saffron Steel as a light comedy, yeah. Um, yeah. about yeah. it because they've got quite a good hmm. relationship. Yeah, the nastiness of some of Saffron Steel. Yeah, mm. I think almost you could have made a bit more of her supposed. Yeah. Uh, abilities yeah. um they don't really dwell no, on it too much not at all, really, no. um but yeah it, it only ran for six weeks yeah. um it was one of these ones that we just picked at random didn't yes. it because did I, I get well, it for you got it for my birthday for, birth, for your birthday year. and i think i i, I think john mentioned. i think pertwee mentions john pertwee mentions it in an episode of whodunit because oh, right. he was in he's introducing Anushka Hempel mm. and I looked it up I thought well that looks interesting because it's got Anton Rogers in it and I quite like Anton Rogers yeah and I've never really seen Anton Rogers I always associate Anton Rogers with comedies like yes. Fresh Fields and May to December I mean this is this has got a bit of bit of comedy yeah but, but you said it's some, a bit some more of dramatic. His, some of his sort of other earlier stuff yeah I mean, was, was he known for detective no. stuff well, he, d- at all? he does do another detective series, but that's after this, I think. All right. It's well, Murder Most English. Let's have a quick look for a... Um, but, he, of course, he's a number two in... Oh, um, of course, yes, in, in, in The Prisoner. Prisoner. Of course, like, every, like everybody, everybody seems to is, be. Yeah, yeah. Well, having him lift a different number two for most episodes does give you a lot of scope. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's in quite a lot of stuff. He's, he's Dick Swiveller. Oh, in, lordy, um, Dick Swiveller. Yes, I'd forgotten about that. In... Uh, You'd said about is that. Is it Nicholas Nickleby? Uh, isn't or it? Old Curiosity Shop. Old Curiosity Shop, I think. Oh, yeah, see, it's the um, the trial in Old Curiosity Shop where he's playing Quilp. 
I oh, think. that that's right. So yeah, it's, it's the. So it's it probably the, doesn't exist. It's the early. It's the early one, which I, th- yeah. I think is is missing. Yeah. Uh, God, this but is that's going... such a great Dickens name, Dick Swiveller. We're going off, off topic now. But that's all right. We're allowed it's, to. It's oh, and just by the way, that picture looks like Donald Tosh. Donald Tosh. Yes. Oh right. Okay. Thank you for that. <laughs> it's not Donald Tosh. It is a murderer, but it's just the way he's got the the pipe and everything. It's okay. Like a of Donald Tosh. Right. Here we are. Old yeah. Curiosity Shop, nineteen. 63 version Dick Swiveller and yes um, I'm, I'm going to keep on saying Dick Swiveller because I think <laughs> Dick Swiveller is a very good Dickens comedy name yes. um, and it does remind me of Spike Milligan used to have a character called Dick Scratcher Okay. and nice. yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah. going back to Zodiac yes, yes, yes. what we're supposed to be talking about oh, are we? Oh, yes. I don't know yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah, there really are some great performances Peter Vaughan is very good yeah, in yeah, this the episode, one, I think he's probably my favourite. And that favorite Ian Ogilvy's in that one, and he's playing a character absolutely miles away from uh, from the saint from Simon Temple. I'm surprised he ever got the part of the saint because I think that comes after um, this, not before. Right. Because it's not long since Roger Moore had been the saint. Okay. And they bring it back in the late seventies with um, Ian Ogilvy. And Robert Powell, he's Robert got a Powell, very good yeah. line in nastiness as it well, has. hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, it's only a couple of years. Jesus. Yeah, it's only a couple of years after after Doomwatch. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's a really callous character in it. Yes, but I I, I I've I've enjoyed so and I I'd like mm. to see some more, and there aren't any more. Yeah, well, there aren't any more now. So. Um, so. And you're not going to see any more now. I don't so, think I'm so. ever going to write any Zodiac fan fiction. No. But. But you know, sometimes it takes me a little while to get into into yeah. series. Um, yeah, because you got you got me this and you got me the strange report, and we've done all of these and only one yeah, episode of the strange report. Again, I was quite keen. You'd, you'd watch mm. one, and I go, "Oh, well, let's watch another one in a yeah. few days' time." So we should clear, watch clearly. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but I think we got the same effect we got when we did Crown Call. It's enjoyable. It's hmm. it's not. Oh, those, those some episodes of Crown Call are serious. I mean, I think it's I went. Too I think I went into it with, with fairly low expectations. Yeah. I said, "Well, I'll give it a go. It's worth mm. looking out for the actors." But yeah, I, I enjoy their sort of relationship. The cases are quite Interesting. odd. Yeah, um, it's yeah. it's got that sort of slight slight weirdness about it that I mm-hmm. I enjoy. Yeah, it's quirky. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it's it's. I think you know, it's it's not it's not brilliant by no. any stretch of the age. It's m- enjoyable. It's an it, enjoyable way to. To yeah, for, while away, fifty minutes. Yeah, it's you know, I give it a sort of cheery yeah. seven and a half out of ten, and that you know. And sometimes when when there's a lot of stuff going on in the world which is not so good, to watch something like this, which is light hearted yeah. and fun, and everything turns out all right at the end, <laughs> is good. Yeah, you know. But yeah, it's 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 a I think a cheery thumbs up for yeah. me for, for Zodiac. Yeah. Oh, the only other thing I wanted to say about Zodiac. Oh is, right. Oh, is, your favourite subject, crisps. Is crisps. Um, I, I just looked up in the Great British Tuck Shop by Steve Berry and Phil Norman that Smiths did indeed produce a corn and potato snack called Zodiacs. Okay, were they in, in the shape of star signs? In 1979. Well, um, judging by the packet, they just sort of I can just some, see some sort of pointy shapes. So, no, I don't think they they were actually made in the in the sh- shape of star well, signs. Well, that's disappointing, isn't it? But <laughs> but yeah, I just love the fact that they're. The flavour is described as mystery flavour. Mystery flavour. Does that mean they're not quite sure what it is? That means they probably produced a flavour and had no no idea what it was. Right. (laughs) Just call it mystery flavour. Oh, that'll do. Um, Yes, I've got a little packet of 
and I haven't got a packet, but I've got a picture of the packet, and you, mm. you get the star signs on the back. Yeah. Um, and these zodiacs should reach you in perfect condition. Really. <laughs> <laughs> perfect condition. Perfect condition. Yeah, I don't know about that. Mm. Oh, one other thing from that uh, radio radio times TV, TV times. times. Yeah. Um, with all the bumps at the back. Yeah. There. Uh, um, look at that. Roger Elliot predicts for Huey Green. Mm. Oh, go away. <laughs> There's a there's a letters to Katie Boyle. Yeah, dear Katie. Dear Katie, um, do you know of a shoe that will reduce risks when you walk on ice? <laughs> Katie Boyle goes no. <laughs> Just get some snowshoes. Get some shoes there's with spikes knitting, on the bottom. There's a knitting pattern for Stacy Dorning's jumper. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, sweater and beret patterns. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the letters page. Yeah. Somebody writes in to praise John Woodvine for his singing voice. Okay. How splendid it was to hear John Woodvine, Detective Chief Superintendent Kingdom of New Scotland Yard. Which we're doing at some There's one for Warren. Yeah. Singing on the Valdunican show. What a marvellous voice and such commanding stage presence. I haven't heard such an agreeable surprise since hearing a burst of melody from Callan, Edward Woodward. Edward Woodward. As we said at the start, Edward Woodward. Edward Woodward has a lovely singing voice. Now we're going to have to look John Woodvine up, aren't we? Oh, to place zodiac in context yep. as well which we should yep. the tomorrow people's story that was running at the time was the blue and the green mm-hmm. so that you know if you know your tomorrow people as fiona mentioned yeah. earlier you see all this ties yeah, up, links up yeah. oh, we had a badge didn't we the blue and the green when we got the oh yes yeah Matt, well, what, what were we blue or green i can't remember matt west sent us a badge you were green actually i don't know Oh, look, house parties on. Oh, Relax God. with a cuppa with the house party people. Ugh. Yeah, um, yeah. tomorrow people blue in the green. Uh, mm. The schedules for Zodiac, um, just to put it in where we are. Uh, Opportunity Knock, 6.45. Coronation Street, 7.30. Love Thy Neighbour. 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. Mm. World in Action, 8.30. Zodiac, 9 till 10. Then there was an election broadcast um, on behalf of the Labour Party. And then news at 10 news at, at 10. 10 o'clock, funnily enough. At 10 past 10. Yeah, news at 10 at 10 10. Is that on for oh, 50 there's minutes? There's a star oh, against Zodiac. Um, and there's a star against most things. That star means it's in colour. Oh, right. So in they were still colour. having to list that things were in colour in 1974. But there we go. Okay. Anyway, I think we've burbled enough. Yes. But um, yeah, Zodiac, yep. Yep. fun. Yes. Worth, worth worth a look available from most good retailers and some a few bad ones <laughs> another network title yes and okay so we'll wrap up now yeah. and we just do our uh, our farewells and yep. uh, let's get a shift on with episode nine because yes. we've already got 20 minutes of material in we the can have, for that one yes yeah, we've got a, to be very we've got some very interesting yes. stuff come for back, episode come nine. back for episode we're, nine we're, we're rather pleased for it we are yes. see you soon then bye-bye bye-bye <laughs>
Come, come, come and make eyes at me down at the old toy again, bunch. Da 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 da. Dee 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 dee. Trowbridge, are you squiffy? It's you. I bloody love you. I've been to the costume shop on Festive Road and bought you this Penelope pit stop outfit. I thought maybe later I could show you my hooded claw. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get you, Penelope Pitstop. He's drunk. Andrew Trowbridge is drunk. Nonsense. I've only had a few ales, officer. You're in no fit state to do the end credits. Go and lie down and sleep it off. But I'm not sleepy. All things considered, I'm really rather... Some... Time... Later... Oh, me head. Oh, uh, I think I must have had a bad pint. What's on top of the seven good ones? Hang on. Let me have a pill. Oh, Oh, that's a bit better. Oh, pardon? Are you fit? That's for my fans to decide, I think. Yes, you're definitely feeling better. Ready? Just about. That was episode eight of Round the Archives, starring Lisa Parker and Andrew Trowbridge, with Paul Chandler, Fiona Allen and Warren Cummings. Thanks also to Steve Roberts, Peter Crocker, John Featonby, James Gent, David Brandt and the enigmatic Iggins, plus a laurel and hearty handshake to Alan Cumming. On the musical side, you heard Dan Tate and Paul Chandler. The script for Who Done It: A Time to Die was by Jeremy Lloyd and Lance Percival. And the producer was Robert Reed. What has happened to uh, Alan? No, not Alan. I, 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 no, we no, 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 no. Let's try that again, shall we? Oh yeah, I'm doing my voice. <laughs> it's a voice. Is. It's, it's a voice. <laughs>